Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm glad that car went by right when we were... <laughs> I actually had something yeah. uh, that I was going to do for the intro. Yeah. But I want people waking up... Here you go. You're waking up Monday morning. Yeah. Oh, maybe you slept on the wrong side of the bed. Oof. Not good. Coffee was a little cold. Probably yeah. the wrong little brew. Mm. Gross. Uh-oh. The kid didn't... He put an empty milk carton back in the fridge, and so you didn't get to have your cereal. The kid. Oof. Yeah. Mmm. But now you're in your car. You're in, you're in a train, yeah. cab. Maybe train, some plane, sort of automobile. Yeah. Machine. And you're like... Oh. Uh, at least we got the only stupid answer is to have a solid intro. And boy, I did. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you folks. Didn't do so. We didn't so. <laughs> really whiffed it yeah. right out the gates. But welcome to Only Stupid Answers, the best dang podcast to put your moist uh-huh. little ears into, at least this today, this morning. It's this gonna, morning, it, yeah. You know, guess what? You're in, the, you're in the pits right now. You're at yeah. the bottom of the curve, and ooh, we're moving our way back up. And you're gonna, we're going to be scooting up that curve throughout the episode because we're going to be talking about Glass, M. Night Shyamalan's newest uh, installment to the Unbreakable series that we didn't know was happening until it did. <laughs> until it did. Yeah. And uh, boy, uh, we did a review for this. A uh, little intro before we get into all of our business and whatnot. We did a little spoiler-free quickie review for our YouTube channel. Yeah. And I've never seen more divided comments that I will be reading later. It's literally one comment will come in super positive, like way more positive than we are. And then the other one is critics are shills and they're paid by the devil and... <laughs> Yeah, Putin. Yeah, <laughs> That's like, exactly. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised with. I'm not surprised that people had a negative reaction to this movie, even though we enjoyed it. I am surprised at how how divisive it is. Like, yeah. sur- just genuinely surprised. For those that don't know, people just tuning into this podcast. I'm DJ Woldridge. This is Sam Basher, and we like to talk about movies, TV shows, comic books. Video games. Video games. Uh, supernatural sometimes. Ooh, we did a few of those. We talked about dreams. We did talk about dreams. And how to make them come true. <laughs> Spoiler, you can't. You can't. You can't. Uh, yeah, so that's what this show is about. But like Sam said, today we are talking about glass. But before we dive into that, we always like to start each episode diving into what we're into. Just something we checked out this week, any other week that we don't get a chance to talk about. Mm-hmm. And also we get to, uh, one of my favorite things to do every week is to mosey on down to the Discord. You can actually join our Discord server by going to patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers for uh, lows like five bucks a month if we want yeah. to. You can join our Discord and you can chit-chat with everybody who listens to this and there's just an amazing community over there that uh, hopefully you guys enjoy and if you haven't, if you've been on the fence about it, consider checking it out. It's very cool. But for everything else, Only Stupid Answers, go to onlystupidanswers.com. Little plug. What I'm actually into this week is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I know it's been on the air for six years, but I finally watched You're it. finally in. And it started out okay yeah not i feel like okay is sometimes negative too it's not like the bad okay it was good yeah and then 
I started getting into it. And then you have to hit that one emotional episode where it's like not like it's just tender. It's a little bit more of a character piece instead of like yeah. what's the big joke. And I was like, okay, I get it. It's good. There's good humor. And Andre, you know how to say his last name? Brower. Brower, thank you. Yeah, it's spelled weird. I had to hear, I had to hear other interviewers. Like Kenneth Braga. Yeah. It's kind of sim- almost similar spelling. Yeah. A few are different in less letters. Um, <laughs> very important. But, no, but, he, but also similar letters. Similar letters. Yeah. I... Very, I get it. I get it now. I no. love the show. It's very, it's very entertaining. And um, I, I try to. I, I've been trying to watch like an episode a day, mm-hmm. like before I go to bed, something like that, or like when I'm like making dinner or something. Yeah. But it's been tough. I, I'm watching this show. I'm shockingly watching really slow since our super shows are coming back. Yeah. Which uh, so far have been pretty cool. Young Justice has been. Oh, Young Justice. Yeah, Justice I'm into great. every week. Yeah. We. You should be checking out our reviews on YouTube for those. Uh, and for full spoiler reviews, go to Super Super TV Show, which is on our Patreon. Also. Oh. So. So for me, I checked out, uh, I know they dropped two episodes of True Detective last week, and by the time this episode goes up, there will be a third, but I've only watched the first one, but I'm into it so far. Nice. I'm a little concerned in that it's a little too similar to season one, like similar setting. I think this is Arkansas, where um, the first season was like Louisiana, right? Um, uh, that's right, you didn't, you didn't, didn't watch, watch it. Yeah, you didn't watch it. Uh, but it's a similar like a similar thing, and they're starting to play with like time and perception, which the first season did, which I, I get it. Like The second season wasn't well-received, even though I'm not as much as the first season, but I enjoyed it. Um, so you want to get back to what people liked. So it's a, But I'm worried it's too similar. Well, who was the combo in season two? The combo in season two was, was a pretty big combo. You had Colin Farrell, you had Rachel McAdams, and you had Vince Vaughn. They were the three main characters. I re- Colin Farrell's having his little feral essence right yeah, now. Yeah, and this was not part of This was not the best I've seen. Col- I enjoy Colin Farrell, too. This was not my favorite performance of his. I did like Vince Vaughn in it a lot, which kind of set me up for uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99 um, because he plays a crime boss in this. And Rachel McAdams, McAdams was great in the, my favorite episode of that. It, it wasn't as good as season one, but there were a couple episodes that were like, oh, that's rad. You just had to get through a bunch of episodes that were, mm. <laughs> And also... Uh, the mystery was nonsense. I, I literally couldn't tell you. Like it was in, completely impenetrable, um, uh, which was fine. Like the 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 mystery kind of took a backseat in season one to the characterization, so that was fine. In this one, it was like the mystery was a big deal, and it was just indecipherable. Uh, so that was that was a uh, big big kind of mess up on that one. But I'm excited for for season three. Mahershala Ali is of course great. There's a lot of little really interesting subtle acting. And it's interesting how they adjusted the story because originally the role he was supposed to play was a was a white man, and he convinced the creator that it it, it should be him um, because he had family members that served this kind of role back in the eighties as well. So he had like family history with it. Um, so you can see slight changes in the way people react to his character. I, I just to be candid, uh, the racial stuff. I, I in the first episode at least, it's just it's just hovering above the surface that like nobody straight up mentions it but little subtle interactions like uh there's my favorite my favorite little bit is scoot mcneary plays the dad of these kids that have gone missing and scoot that McNeary's, name is he's been familiar. in a bunch of stuff great but name it, yeah he's it, but he's a really talented actor i think his breakout role was monsters the the guy that would end up going to do godzilla his movie anyway he so mahershal is trying to calm him down and he puts his hand on his shoulder and the dad looks at the hand and then Mahershal, all, then there cuts to Mahershal looking at the hand. Like, they both have like a silent moment of the dad being kind of uncomfortable. This guy just put his hand on his shoulder. But it's completely, nobody makes a big deal about it. It's just, it's just their looks. It's really good. 
so stuff like that really into it um yeah so that's that's really cool i've also been listening to the podcast uh i just the first episode dropped of the big one for us to live in la they're trying to help prepare us for when the giant earthquake hits that's it's got me a little anxious a little bit I said this earlier this week. Yeah. I recommended mm-hmm. damn near no. uh, uh, like thirty comedy informative podcasts. And what's what's the first one? DJ, he's like, you know what? What is this pesky podcast? Should, I'm going to go download the most depressing thing I can find. Here's the thing, Sam. You should know this about me at this point. I like you to love be, it. No, I like to be prepared. So if you say if you say, hey, DJ, this is a problem. I gotta, I gotta look into it because I don't want to be caught unawares. You yeah. know what I mean? And exactly why I listen to my dad wrote a porno because if I go into a business meeting and someone gives me a business card and like it's like in some sort of promiscuous way, I could be like, oh, get out of here because I'm prepared. I'm prepared. If I ever find out my dad writes a porno, I now know what to do. Make up podcast. <laughs> Make up podcast about it. I know. See, you grew up in California, so you're, you've been you've been a part of this, and I knew about earthquakes. But I, I don't know. I thought the uh, big one was like an urban legend. It's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's just not. So uh, I do, if you live in Southern California, even though it is scary, look into it because there are ways to be prepared for just any kind of emergency. And it's good as somebody that grew up in a place with hurricanes and stuff like that. It, oh, is, better right. to, it is better to be prepared than unprepared. So it's, it's a hassle, but... Eat your vegetables, do your chores, be prepared. <laughs> mm-hmm. I should have an emergency preparedness kit. Yeah, it's, it's, you it, can honestly, just buy it. Yeah, I know, but it's not just a kit. Like you need There's to, more. Yeah, but... like, like uh, they like recommend a gallon of water for each person in your household for at least three days. Um, the gallon? They, they actually say two weeks, but like, let's be real, three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And and like canned food and stuff like that. So it's and it is stuff. It's like I'd rather be, I, I know it's a hassle, but for me, I'd rather have it and not need it. They need it and not have it. It's like bringing the jacket when you go out to eat with your family when you're a little kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never, so never want to bring that jacket, but every time you put your shirts, your hands into your shirt. You know what? I just real. I was going to tell you a story from when I was a kid, and then I realized in a later episode we're going to be reading your fan mail, and it might apply to one of the questions. There you go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. no spoilers. Store that nugget you for just minutes from now, but for the audience, a couple months from now. <laughs> there you go. That's a fun little Easter egg, yeah. little payoff. Hopefully, if you all remember that little tidbit, but also. So we watched the trailer for uh, John Wick John Chapter Wick. Three. Yeah, Parabellum. And the Parabellum. Parabellum. Woof. Uh, Parabellum. <laughs> yeah, Parabellum is a gun term. It's. I think it's a mechanism. Oh, come people are gonna ooh, hate my guts. Ooh, ooh. Talk about the trailer. Yeah. I'll do a quick Google. Yeah, it, it's it's two term. It means two things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one is gun related. Uh, trailer. I, fuck man, it's everything I want. I love these movies. I it. I love them so much. It's crazy how much I love them. God bless. You know, I was talking about True Detective. Like, there's like a like, there's like a crime renaissance in TV and comics right now that are, people are just making shit that I love. Same with action movies. Like, there's just this act. There's like there have been action movies forever, but we're now back in a place where they're real good. Like they were real. Like the '90s were not great for action movies, but now we're back into like, oh shit! Like between the night comes for us, the Fast and Furious movies have hit. Or oh, the raid and stuff. Uh, the raid, like, uh, Mission Possible movies have just been getting better inexplicably. Uh, Parabellum is Latin for prepare for war, perfect yes. for what this is. But it's also the name of certain types of guns and the cartridge for a handgun. There it is. Yeah. So that's what. So it's a good double double meaning thing. But like. 
there's guys on motorcycles and they all pull out katanas. I love it. It's almost like it's almost like video game. You remember video games trailers like show off the new features? Mm-hmm. And I remember when uh, Grand Theft Auto V came out, it's like, ooh, now there's going to be animals around. Like this one has horses and dogs. Like for some reason when the dogs come out and attack people, I'm like, oh, fucking cool. Yeah. So cool. I, I'll be honest. Even though... John Wick on a horse punching someone off a motorcycle. Awesome. But when when the dogs got involved, Halle Berry's cool. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of Halle Berry. But I wasn't Agreed. that. Agreed. It, was, it was fine, you know? Yeah. But when they had the dogs, I was like, oh, this is actually the perfect way to end it. It's like dog dies first one, dog survives this one, dog gets revenge in the last <laughs> yes. one. I don't, yeah. no, I don't think this is the last one. Uh, or if it's just the end of the story, yeah. maybe maybe the story because keeps they've, going. they've talked about like it's like as long as people keep seeing these, we'll keep making them. And, and it was kind of like, but what do you do after the setup? Because the setup for this one is lost. He's he broke the one broke the main rule, and now there's a 14 million bounty on his head. Mm-hmm. And so every assassin in New York is after him. Which in this world, every other person's an assassin. And so it's like, how do you top? And I was like, what if he has to lead? What if he becomes? He, like, runs one of the Continentals or he joins the high table and he becomes, like, the guy. Like, he was trying to get out and now he's in charge of everything. Mm, I'd be down. I keep making them. I mean, like, if if this is how you want to wrap it up and you want to give it a good ending, awesome. Better to leave on a high note than, like, peter out. But also, I'll keep showing up. (laughs) You know, I'll be there, too. I still haven't watched the first one. Do it. I mean, the second. I think the second one's better. Uh, but uh, they have more money, more like room more money, to and also it does a better job. My only critique of the first one is it takes a minute to realize that you shouldn't take this seriously. Like it almost seems like f- funny in a bad way, and then you realize, oh no, it wants to be heightened. The second one begins like they're panning down a building, and there's a Buster Keaton movie projected on the side of the building, like a big slapstick, like the cars falling apart around him, and it's like. Yeah, that, but action movie. And so it's a good way, like, oh, I know exactly I know exactly what this is now. You know what I mean? So it does a better job of, like, telling the audience what it is. And the supporting cast, uh, Ian McShane was in a scene with Lance Reddick. And Lance Reddick is one of my favorite actors. He's in French. He's in Lost. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in The Wire. He's, he's, he's in The, the Wire. He's, I think that was kind of like his breakout role. Yeah. And, uh, for, well, for me, I saw him in Lost first. And he plays a small, mysterious role. And then of course he's in, he does. He's in the J.J. Abrams realm of, like, Thing, so that's where he got the lead role in Fringe, and yeah. like, that made me happy. He so, also plays, plays Papa Legba in uh, American Horror Story, and he's great as that. Really, that was made me really happy to see because he wasn't playing just like the straight guy. It was like super crazy. Yeah. Cool, you can do that too. But anyways, let's get into Glass because yes. there's a lot to talk about. Uh, before we do that, though... Let's say hi to us. Let's say there hi to go. us. Like go to go to patreon.com slash only stupid answers to get more exclusive content from us. We do so many like right now there are people watching us record this show live. Cheers. Um uh early. We do Super TV Showdown where we talk about all the superhero shows. We have a comic book show where we talk about all that. I really like the stuff we do for Patreon. I and and it seems like the, I mean I don't want to speak for them. It seems like the people that subscribe enjoy it as well. So don't miss out. And there's new stuff. Ooh, we had a cool meeting today uh, about stuff coming in the future. So if you want the early scoop, yeah. uh, maybe check out Patreon. <laughs> it's gonna take a while though. But if you're gonna get the fr- whoever finds out first, probably gonna be Patreon. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but anyways, let's get into glass may we yeah let's let's do that so uh, a quick question though for you i wanted to know because we we did our spoiler free review and this is going to be where we dive into spoilers mm-hmm. and not to get too ahead of ourselves but there may or may not have been a few twists in this m night Shyamalan movie 
I wanted to know. There was. Yeah, there was. I wanted to know what your thoughts are on twists in movies. Man, it sure is. It was cool when he did this the first few times. And when we forgot that he did it, and then we went and saw movies, and he still got us. He still, he still did it. I did like, I read an interview with him for Vulture, which I recommended in our spoiler-free review, and I will recommend here, because it was great to, it was really interesting to read a director that, that knew he had hit a rough patch and was really candid about it. Like, hey, this is what happened. Um, and he, they asked him about the twist, and he's like, I, I just figured, I mean, I like to make thrillers, and twists, twisted, twisting plots are part of thrillers, and my, my thing is, what if, you, what if the audience found out when the character found out? Instead of the audience being in on it, and then the character finds out, what if we find out with the character? Uh, and I was like, I mean, it doesn't always work, but I do like that concept. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. I think it's great, his twist specifically, Weirdly, before I saw Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, I knew the twists in both, and it just enriched. I think that's the good twist. When you can know, and the movie still is great. Mm-hmm. Sixth Sense kind of got ruined basically immediately for the entire world. <laughs> like That was a tough one. Unbreakable didn't get ruined for me yeah, for a long time, because it, it was a lesser-known yes, M. Night movie. It, it's, it's, people don't remember that it actually was not well-received when it was first released. Yeah, it, but when I, I watched it, because I, I used to do some editing work for like you know companies. Like, hey, if you guys are up-and-coming Classic. editors, you get like hired out by family friends who have their own companies. Like, can you do this trading video? Sure. I mean, even if, you're not a, if, even if you're not an editor, like, hey, have you looked at an editing program once? Can you edit this yeah. for me? <laughs> you ever just clipped off the end of it, an Instagram video? You can get a job. Do you Anyways. own iMovie? There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Of course you do. You have a computer. Yeah. Um, no, I was doing. I was working on that, and I just needed something on. Yeah. But wrong movie to pick because all of a sudden I got sucked into it because it was so good. Way late on that project because I needed. <laughs> I needed to finish that. But um, I, I was watching it, and that twist got me because I'm like, I know something's up. Yeah. With um, with Samuel Jackson, he's just so weird. Like, yeah. it's is he just weird just cause? And he, this is like the sidekick. It's like no, there's something up. And yeah. the way they reveal that. So cool, yeah. and then re- uh, rewatching it, god damn it, it becomes like this dude's a bad person. Yeah, like he is. Yeah, but even in the interactions he's having with uh, David, it's bad. Yeah, and it, it, I think that's also a sign of a good twist in that all the information is there for you. It's not like suddenly um, coming out of nowhere. It's like, oh, by the way, this. It's like all that information's there, and it's one of those like, damn it, I should have known. But are there? So that one got you. Uh, the first M. Night Shyamalan movie I saw in theaters when it released was Signs. Um, and that twist was interesting when I was younger. Now, as an adult, that's probably my least favorite aspect of the movie. Because it makes. Yeah, I, I like Signs. I do too. The twist is like, mm, but what? How? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. It's how But the movie's cool. Like, yeah, like, could it have water? That's like, it? Yeah, that's it. Like, couldn't it just be sugar water or something? Like, if you mix water with this one oh, thing, then it kills them? Not, I don't know. That part, I, I the water being the whatever yeah. is fine to me. Yeah. Dumb for the aliens to come here since <laughs> it rains. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but Like, it's a thing. Like, it's how most of us survive on this planet is because it rains every once in a while. <laughs> but um, that, that part was fine. It was that I, the premonition part that the wife has, like, as she's dying, I was like, I get this is romantic, but I'm like, this is very specific mm-hmm. and I, that's the part I was like eh the movie's really good though and you get that was my first movie as a kid seeing Joaquin Phoenix in something yeah and I, mean, I really same. liked him in it yeah and, and now he's like the best actor ever yeah, you know what I mean? and yeah. he went a little crazy in the middle when he was doing his music <laughs> yeah. have you ever seen that one interview with Conan super weird no I, I didn't but I did see his the movie he made as that character the character version of him mm-hmm. is it good 
It was interesting. It was interesting. It is a little hard now knowing it was directed by Casey Affleck because it's like, mm. Mm, yeah, that's that not fun. Mm. But also, her uh, almost ruined a relationship for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her, it, it was, it, hers is a great movie because I saw it in theaters and I was just so moved. And it made me, it made me feel really good. And then I own it and I watched it again. And the second time, it made me really sad. It made me, it made me feel both. It made yeah. me feel like it should. It, is it like, do I, it was more the reason why it was like, I, we, I had like a serious talk. I was like, do I know what love is? Maybe I'm too <laughs> fucking young. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, yeah. that's a one fair question to ask. Yeah. Any, any person, this fair question yeah. to ask yourself. And it, it makes sense that that movie would make you like look at. <laughs> All relationships. Every relationship ever. It was, uh, it, anyways, we can talk about her. Actually, I would love to talk about her yeah. for Valentine's Day. What's the saddest love story <laughs> we can find? Because that's a great one. But when it came to Glass, uh, when Split came out, we have a review out, which you probably have listened to. And for the po- we did it on the podcast. Mm. Crazy, we've been doing it for that long. Yeah. Uh, and it was just... I think the Split we did was one of our first Patreon. No, it was a bonus episode we did. We wanted yeah. to do two episodes a week, and we... That was poo-pooed. Yeah. <laughs> that was a that idea was poo-pooed yeah. by uh, uh, people above us. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. We forget them now. We have the Patreon, so we do do it. There we go. Episodes. You guys get it. Um, no, it was a uh, it was a pleasant surprise. But I had to like just keep my expectations right bare minimum because uh, the visit was a fun surprise. But it was it's not a home run. It was just a solid movie. Yeah, it's His, a solid movie. And then right before that, he did the pilot for. Beyond Not, Pines. Uh, yeah, some place, no, Place Beyond Pines is a movie. Uh, wow. Wayward Pines. Wayward Pines. And that first season of that show is really good. And he directed the pilot really well. So that was, a, that was a good moment. And then Split was a pleasant surprise. I will say I did know about the twist before seeing it, unfortunately. Um, which I can't, it would have been so cool if I didn't know. I did. It would have been so cool. But it, it, it's one of the coolest experiences in a theater for me. Like, yeah. besides like Marvel movies where like everyone gets amped, you start cheering, that's always fun. Or yeah. Fantastic Fest, like yeah. action movies. That was like, wait, what the? Yeah. It was a fine. It, it's like how Unbreakable at the end, it, it you have to change your perspective of the entire film. That one literally is the last possible second of. To change the entire film well, for you. So, I spoilers from Breakable and Split, but I feel like at this point people know. <laughs> because yeah. Glass, if you've seen an ad for Glass. So, um, Elijah Price, Samuel Jackson's character, it turns out to be, he he perceives himself because of his, his bone disease that, that there has to be somebody out there that has the reverse of it, that's super strong, which, God, I want to watch the movie again because it is... It, it makes twisted sense, you know what I mean, uh, for this the, this he, very who, sad person. Yeah, uh, and he finds him, and so he realizes his purpose in life is to be the bad guy. Like that's his goal, which is for him great because all he wants, he just wants it to mean something. All the stuff he's been through, he just wants it to mean something. And now I'm feeling emotional just thinking about it. Anyway, Split is really interesting because this end of that, we realize it's in the same world, and it recontextualizes that because it is. I rewatched it before seeing Glass. It is an examination of of being bad and, it, and I like that like it got a lot of heat for DID and you've you it's use of DID and you've researched DID and it's just in normal conditions it's very controversial oh, outside oh, of yeah. a movie uh, multiple personality disorders it, it, take that term and just throw it in the trash because yeah. that, that's oh man one crazy thing I read just quick tangent is that people used to go town to town and be like hey you might disassociate with reality more times than you think you should come get checked and it's like yeah you might have up to five other personalities and then you don't even know about it. it's like they're not psychologists yeah. they're just doing it and people started thinking about it that way and then when re-examined by actual psychologists they just help them kind of wrangle it in yeah. there might some people might have legitimate did or they disassociate so much 
that yeah. it's not a personality it it's just thing. so it it's a it's a thing that kind of borders on pseudoscience with at least our common understanding of it maybe mm, it's it's been exaggerated a lot okay. and so that's why it's controversial because it is a real mental disorder that has been used a lot to make people spooky and yeah. that's why people didn't like it and something i liked about split those it's very especially through the psychologist character it's a very empathetic look at this person and i think it uses the way i perceive that movie is is the way it uses the did is the idea that a person is not just one thing and so even though somebody can be a vile person that's not necessarily all that they are and so you look at somebody like kevin and he's got the beast and the horde which are the horde is three personalities that want to manifest this beast which is uh crazy amped up uh, steroided out Kevin mm-hmm. uh, and they're kind of dominating all the positive aspects of Kevin and so it's like that's there and Kevin's a bad person and he's done bad things he eats somebody in that movie yeah, <laughs> he eats he two people in that movie and, but that's but that doesn't mean that that's not all that defines him and it's not that it, it forgives those things but it does make it complicated. Mm-hmm. And that's and, one of the best parts of why I like that movie yeah, so people much. People are complicated. People are complicated and glass, just getting a, a little ahead. You get to explore more and actually get to talk to Kevin more. Yes. Which you only get about 15 seconds of Kevin in, yeah. in his own movie. And he's not super happy. No, Kevin, he's yeah, not. Because yeah. he, he kind of doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. He kind of does, but he kind of doesn't. But he's choosing. It's clear. It, in Split, it was that maybe his mental illness has caused it so that he do, he actually doesn't know what's happening anymore. Yeah. But in Glass, you find out that he does know. Yeah. And he wants to be so far away from his own world yeah. that he that his body has manifested all of these things. And he, he's just a scared kid that doesn't excuse any of the things he's done. But he needs help. Yeah, and and both in glasses, like both Elijah and David are had are severely wounded by life and, and Kevin by the people that raised him and uh, Elijah just by his physical condition and how the things that damage you can really jumble you up inside and make you and again it doesn't uh, it's this fine line because it doesn't excuse any of it but it reminds you that people are people and um, and there is there is an argument to be made for having empathy for even the people you you hate the most which I think is interesting and I think it's interesting that stealthily split was like our first real supervillain movie like before we're getting a Joker movie this year but before that you had split Mm -hmm. and it is and it is a supervillain movie and honestly I mean I haven't seen anything I mean we've seen images of Joker we haven't seen a trailer it might be the most empathetic look at like what makes a person bad yeah and maybe it doesn't excuse it it's just like this is how this person became this way doesn't mean everyone becomes this way it's It's sad sad. yeah and it should be and because with kevin he thinks he's going to be important and okay and if he's able to be seen that means he his pain's valid and it it does and it's it's not how you don't get to do that. Like you don't get to act that way in life, and it sucks that what happened to you that way. But this isn't the way to go about it. But anyways, it split was a wonderful exploration of that mental illness and the way he was able to like what pure what what pure meant to him and yeah. what like damage meant to him is completely flipped. Yeah, and that's why Anya Taylor Joy in the end is the only reason she survived is because yeah. she's been through some stuff too. Just like David has been through some stuff, and it's and it's this idea of like. The, the the challenge and this is also why Split makes a good uh, villain movie and so Glass as well because in superhero comics 
what brings out the best of our heroes and it's being challenged either by some some external force like a villain or whatever and it challenges them to become better i think in the best superhero stories i think that's why batman's villains are so popular because they represent aspects of his psyche that he needs to overcome condiment king yeah exactly (laughs) perfect example um and that's what these characters represent and david dunn and anya taylor joy's character uh who also has an alliterative name and it is lois lane no sorry i couldn't remember yeah Yeah, yeah. you're right i'll look it up um and she they are able to use their damage to become better people and and kevin and and elijah kind of get lost in it um yeah. Pulling up her name really quick. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. But getting into quick overview of what we thought of Glass. Yeah. Uh, we both left this movie, uh, Casey Cook. That was Casey Cook. Name. There it is. Uh, we both left this theater relatively happy, honestly, yeah. and and enjoy and we enjoyed this, but it's been. Sp- it's been split basically down the middle when it comes to critics leaning more towards the negative from critics themselves. Actually, can you check Rotten Tomatoes really quick for yeah, the audience score? Changed. Yeah, let's see how this has looked because uh, it would be interesting because after we put this review up, it's been it's crazy how split our audience has been over this movie. So Rotten Tomatoes, as of recording this, it's at thirty five uh, overall, thirty five percent. The average score uh, rating from those critics is five out of ten. Actually, that's not as bad. It's 35%, honestly. Yeah, it's just 50, right 50. down the middle. Um, and then the audience score is 79%, which I think is fair as well. Yeah. That's actually kind of, that's a little, it's like 10% lower than what I'd put it, but I wouldn't be mad at someone saying a C plus for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, honestly, that, that feels more, more accurate. Yeah. It's crazy how, and I wonder if it deals with the idea of expectations, just people's expectations for a movie like this. And I think you had the right idea where you're like, I'm going to go in and check my expectations at the door. And I kind of took that. I was like, I think that's good advice from Sam and I'm going to do that oh, as well. Finally. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to listen to the, my dad wrote a porno <laughs> podcast in the next two years. I promise you. Uh, so I check in your expectations at the door. And, and I liked an aspect I like about Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy is that he somehow made three different, types of movies movies of, of essentially three different genres in one trilogy yeah and that's kind of these are three different movies the one aspect they they share is they are very fascinated with the psychology of these characters and this one most of all yeah even though you get that a little bit in split that's not the most important part besides oh man just props to James McAvoy. I was just thinking of his scene yeah. where he's sitting with a therapist and split, and he—it's one. It's another personality pretending to, to be a flamboyant character. Yeah, that's that's in that's all. But like, besides like M Night Shyamalan's bad uh, dialogue in that one scene, when you see James McAvoy's performance of that, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Yeah, I want to read for a second before uh, we we keep going. I wanted to read some reviews from our comment section. Yeah, bring about, those up about uh, just critics in general. Yeah, so if you movie. saw our uh, spoiler-free review, we both gave it positive reviews. I want to say we were both around eight. Eight out, eight out of ten, yeah. seven point nine. Like it's uh, it's a solid eight out of ten. I yeah. think for me personally, I think I enjoy it the least of the three. But I enjoy. I want to own all three of them. Like I own uh, Unbreakable on DVD. I'm, I guarantee they'll make a Blu-ray set of all three of them. I'm gonna get it. And by the way, uh, you told me this like anecdote about like when it came to financing the visit and getting it out there, yeah. it was basically impossible. Uh, yeah, he he uh, took a loan out on his house. He was going to lose his house if the visit didn't do well, and it did. It did fine. It I did. Think. Well, it did, yeah, it did reasonably well. But he he so he spent his money. He shot the movie. He showed it to. Uh, distribute like to to different uh, producers, and he's like, everybody's gonna want him. And I shot him on a thriller. I'm going back to basics. It's the thriller. Everybody's gonna want it, and nobody did. And so he had 
this like it, it was an existential crisis and it was cool in the interview because going back to that vulture interview he was talking about the idea of focusing on what you control control and so for him he's like i couldn't control how they reacted so i just went back to the editing room mm-hmm. and started editing more and, and made some changes and then i realized it because of the way the music worked it didn't play like a comedy and he he saw it as kind of a, a comedy and so he made those changes and then he hooked up with Blumhouse who had a, has a similar view of things that he does where it's like, hey, maybe if you don't spend all the money in the world on it, it can actually make that money back. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and now he's have, he has a very successful relationship with them. Like, I hope this is successful as well. Any horror movie you've seen in the past 10 years is probably a Blumhouse movie. They also made Get Out and they, I yeah. think that made them billions of dollars. Yeah, that, no made them, that made them a lot. They also did um, Upgrade, which is not a horror movie. Uh, can't it's violent rec- though. Yeah, it's super <laughs> violent. I, I can't recommend that one enough. Mm-hmm. It's so good. But uh, he did the same. Ha- aren't they Happy Death Day as well? And the Purge. Uh, yes, yeah, I think they're all, all kind of wrapped stuff. up in there. Yeah. Um, the Insidious, like yeah. lots of those. But I wanted to bring that up because him financing that movie because he did the same thing for Split and for Glass. And yeah. so when you think about that, I think people thought the scale of this was going to be big, but. Unbreakable and Split aren't big nope. movies. They take place in locations that must have been so cheap to rent. Yeah. Split takes place in maybe three locations. I, the one, the one that's probably the most expensive, weirdly, is probably Unbreakable. Just because he had more to do, like they yeah. shot at a stadium, so yeah. that was easier. This takes place in a hospital, yeah, parking lot. Yeah, this it, this it. movie primarily takes place in a psychiatrist's office, and I, I I thought that was great. The big, the big show stopping number isn't any fight between David and the Horde. It's a scene where all three of them are being interviewed by a psychologist, and it's my it's my favorite scene in the movie. It's beautiful yeah. too. Uh, the the cinematographer who worked on It Follows, worked on Split, worked on this. Yeah. God damn it, it's so good. So wanted to read the reviews uh, yeah, or please. read the comments. So right off the top, hundred upvotes. If critics hate it, it's most likely going to be good. I don't know how that logic works, no, but that's I don't how. Either. And then we get critics can't be trusted. Remember when they gave Last Jedi over ninety percent? By the way, we get a lot of Last Jedi hate. I know it's out there, and I know it's a little crazy compared to other movies. But there's a crazy amount of that's Last Jedi. All, that's hate. also one that's weirdly divisive. Like, like I didn't, I personally didn't enjoy that movie. But the, the way it's divisive, it's like I, I mean, it's just another Star Wars movie. It really, is. yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy how much people will rip that movie to shreds. Yeah, it's, at the end of the day, just another Star Wars movie. <laughs> and I, I have a feeling this movie is going to is going audiences. Well, uh, the movie going audience will buck against the critics on this one with a twenty million dollar budget. It's almost a guaranteed hit regardless. Uh, man, all the bad critics' reviews just make me want to see it more. Rotten Tomatoes gave Split a 76% and Unbreakable a 69%. Those fools. <laughs> Lots of those. Yeah. But then it starts splitting like the way we walk to lunch. And in that span, I got two comment comments. Uh, when it comes to playing with expectations... Oh, no. This is a, this is a Last Jedi <laughs> You found the other Last Jedi his, comment. His Ruin Johnson instead of Ryan Johnson. Cool. Pretty good. Wow. Uh, went to see it last night. Loved it. Funny. Great action. And a villain I didn't see coming. It's worth the wait. Then r- literally a minute before that, this movie sucked. Jackson played his character very well. McVoy killed it. And a few cool parts. One twist. And that was it. Uh, they all... Oh, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, a, that is a weird one, though. Like The two lead characters did amazing, but the movie was it's like, wait. Again... <laughs> Two hours before that, saw this movie last night, and I was disappointed. And also, I watched this film. The critics are 
effing wrong. I enjoyed it. A minus. And then Rotten Tomatoes has no credibility whatsoever. By the way, we use Rotten Tomatoes incorrectly. You mentioned that this morning. Yeah, so because the way they aggregate, it's it, – I personally don't like it. The way they aggregate, it's the lump scores into positive and negative. That's why when you look at the average rating – like which is right below the big number. Yeah, it's right below that's the average score. So like if you gave it a C, you know, like or a C minus that might be rated as negative, you know what I mean? But so it's just negative at that point. It's not like it's not like cumulative, you know what I mean? So it's just a weird way of of doing stuff. I I don't know if he ever did it, but uh uh Dan Merle over at Screen Junkies when I was over there, he he's the one that opened my eyes to this. Like he he was really he, he's so smart about those things, and he had a whole uh, a theory about it that I, he was talking about making a video, and I hope he does because he's a, he's really smart movie critic, and he's really smart about stuff like that. I think Rotten Tomatoes is a good website when it comes to kind of picking those movies, but it can't if you it's, still want to see something, yeah, go see it, go Look. see it, because it's again like also critical consensus is what we saw when we left. Everybody was talking to each other, so they were all kind of like feeding into their perspective of it and they all come from a lot a lot of times critics come from a, a similar place mm-hmm. like a similar like grew up similarly clearly have similar interests and it's not to say they're always wrong that's crazy yeah um, also critics aren't paid critics love black panther and i love black panther so you yeah, know what i mean but, like but really quick quit, critics aren't paid ever at least not that anything. we know of if, that seems crazy to me if uh, that's the case because that doesn't make a lot of no, sense. no it really doesn't because i mean there's some critics that people read specifically yeah so maybe but really that's just a big old conspiracy theory they might yeah. invite you to dinner but that's about it i mean if they are paid who do we call uh, yeah i would because i will take that money I'll please just, and thank you just an email just one little email i'll dm you that doesn't matter but uh uh, I'm just reading more comments. Yeah. Uh, here's your favorite one. People need to stop being suspicious of movie critics because, oh, my God, they gave Last Jedi a high score. There's another Last Jedi Last comment. Last Jedi. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Watched it last night. It was amazing. This movie is a piece of shit no matter how badly you wanted it to be good. I loved it. Fantastic film. I saw Glass Theory and enjoyed it. Movie sucked. Great review. Unbreakable is a great movie. Glass is horrible. It just keeps, it keeps going, going back and, I, and forth. Real quick, before we leave the Last Jedi train that we're on, apparently... <laughs> yeah. Here's what bums me out about all the Last Jedi haters. I feel like they don't like it for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like it, but the reasons they don't like it are, like, bullshit. So it makes me feel weird for not liking it because it's like, I'm not with those guys, all right? I just like it because of other reasons. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed the movie, but I'm never... If someone says they didn't like it, it's like, okay. (laughs) Like, I don't... That's fine. But also, I don't care about this stuff as much as other people. And I'm I'm really not going to fight people when they say that they dislike a movie. Honestly, I don't... I don't... Have enough time. What was it? Rose? Is that uh, is that the new character they introduced? In? Rose. Yeah, yeah I loved her. Yeah, I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. Her scenes, yeah, not great. <laughs> yeah, they don't like the movie, but I thought she was a great addition. Yeah. Anyway, it's her solo movie. Yeah, I said it. Boom! Let's make it happen. But I would going, hate it. I'd go watch it. Going back to Glass, uh, some of the most incredible scenes uh, were James McAvoy. I just wanted to talk about Always. that for a second, just yeah. to kind of dive into it. I don't know how he's not in every movie. I don't know how he doesn't get offers for every movie. It's interesting that he. I realized other than the X Men flicks, he really does kind of like lower lower budget stuff, which is which is interesting. And I am glad. I'm glad he does that. I'm glad. This must have been a really cool conversation to have between M Night and James McAvoy because it's like apparently James, pitching to him at Comic Con. That's he, awesome. He, bumped into a comic-con he's like oh you're my guy oh very cool because there's in this movie there's so many takes that are just actually we've been pretty good about spoiler free for this entire thing which i'm really proud of we're doing we're doing pretty good we'll get into some spoilers in a little bit but like we're still pretty open to anyone who wants to listen to this 
there are so many scenes in this movie that don't cut from him. They cut from mm-hmm. David, they cut from Elijah, they cut from Sarah Paulson, but not James McAvoy, and that makes me so happy. Yeah, because there, there's a just, specific scene that I want to discuss when we get into spoilers. Oh, yeah. No, we can also, we can get into it if we want to. I'm just no. saying, it's just like, the one one scene that I personally love is right when he gets captured yeah. in a cell, and uh, we find, basically, there's a story, there's a MacGuffin that can make him switch between his personalities when he can't decide. Like, yeah. He doesn't get a call. So we get to meet a bunch of new ones, which one of my favorites are twins, and mm-hmm. I don't have any idea how that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who get, uh, Who cares? Like, yeah. um, and you just get to see them really quick about who's on the side of the horde, who's on the side of Kevin. And it's interesting. Some changed from split. Some flipped sides. Yeah, but then you mentioned one of them very specifically. I'll just say Dennis. If you yeah. guys can even, I couldn't remember a lot of these. Yeah. Dennis was a pretty bad dude, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. Dennis is not great. But he, he had a change. He's like, you know what? Maybe eating people is like <laughs> is my limit. Is my limit. And fair, yeah. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. So let's go. I think we should go into spoilers. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go into spoilers. But before we do that, let's say hi to some friends ours that left five star reviews on itunes which if you could do that take some time if you enjoy this podcast go to itunes leave a five star review we love to read them sometimes we'll read them on the show and but we do read all of them so we've got this one here from from ben jacob 22 he says new favorite podcast i discovered this podcast because my friend austin dodge was on this podcast well thank you ben jacob austin dodge one for the eye one for the eye on twitch uh this is one's from troy Shermer. we i love this podcast more than life that's very true Mm, that's very true <laughs> so let's go into spoilers one of the scenes um i really liked is for me the movie it takes a minute to kick in the gear but when it does is when elijah like finally enters the picture because he's supposed to be drugged out of his mind catatonic if we're in spoilers he's not yeah. <laughs> shocking he's not he hasn't um, been forever yeah basically. so um they really play up the super genius aspect of him and there's a scene where he goes to meet kevin and Kevin, uh, he's he's flipping on the the light until he can get to somebody that'll help him get to the horde, mm-hmm. and it, and it's a single take where it goes from Kevin to Elijah to Kevin to Elijah. Oh, that's what he was doing. I thought yeah. he was just trying to mess with it just to get it off. Yeah, I thought and, that's what it was. Uh, and it, it, James McAvoy is flipping these characters, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so impressive. And my favorite thing is in Split, we're introduced to a guy that's like super book smart, like he's talking about Genghis Khan and whatever, whatever. Uh, and they get to that guy who's now on the side of the horde and he's like what they don't understand is this thing and Elijah knows what he's talking about and like cuts him off he's like no I'm aboard and (laughs) and it's a great little character moment of reminding you how smart it's just seeing them connect on that level it's like that's cool hey talk about the psychology of it Sarah Paulson brings up a really great point about Dennis because I love uh or not uh uh uh, Hedwig Hedwig Hedwig, because it's like he's the nine-year-old and it's and she's like you're always nine you don't exactly. get to be an adult. Like, you never get to grow up. And he's like, and you could see it. Because also, that's, like, really dark. That's yeah. a really depressing thought. And then Elijah knows how to manipulate him. He knows how to turn the screws. It's just like, yeah, you get to have the perspective that we all want on life forever. That's what, I mean, also, who doesn't want to be a kid all the time? Like, who doesn't want to turn back the clock and not have responsibilities? Hedwig is that part of Kevin. And I love that, like... M. Knight found that when he was writing this character. Uh, it's amazing. And dur- you get that during the scene of Hedwig. Also, Hedwig's kind of just really fucked up because he's the one okay with the Horde, right? Like, yeah, he's a well, bad he's, person. Well, he's a bad person. And apparently, uh, it was inter- it was it, it, 
intrigued me in Split because they say Hedwig is the one personality that can just take the light at will, which the light is what they call being in charge of Kevin's body. He can just take it at will, even though he's not theoretically the leader of the personalities. Um, and he is the one that gives it to the horde that allows them to start doing their shenanigans to get the beast. And also they say Kevin is, or uh, Hedwig is nine, but the first personality that showed up was Dennis when he was six. And so I'm like, why nine? Mm-hmm. And now watching this movie, I think nine is when dad left. And so that's when Hedwig kind of became a thing. Yeah. And I like the idea that like, since it has to kind of go back to Hedwig, who's in charge, He's the one of the first personalities. Well, Dennis is the first one, but it's like Hedwig's one of the first personalities. And I like the the juxtaposition of to get to the horde, you have to go back to the initial personality, like the point of view Kevin was at when he wanted to disassociate the most. Dennis wanted like order, and it's kind of like a reflection of his mom, and so is the the one the older woman personality, mm-hmm. which is basically his mom. Uh, but Hedwig is what Kevin was, and the horde is the culmination of or the the beast is the culmination of all of the fucked up stuff that's happened to kevin and in his own mind and i i love that also god damn it how do they make james mcavoy look so intimidating even though what he's like he's like five five like not judging height it's just like when he becomes the beast he's the same height i can see that but i'm intimidated by his size there's a scene it's like traps right like his (laughs) shoulder like his crazy ninja turtle shoulder muscles that come out uh I think it, like there's a scene where he flips a cop car, and I'm like, uh huh, I buy it. Yeah, I'm into it because he's kind of he's kind of huffing a little bit, like he's like huffing and puffing. It's not like easy. It's not like a Superman flip. And you get David's the same way too, which I really like. When they fight, I love all the sound cues and the way that they capture it from the point of view. I heard some people criticizing that they use that too much. Don't give a shit. You got more point of view of the beast. It's like it. All I'm picturing is I'm walking down a dark alley. That guy gets me. I'm like, this is fucking terrifying. Capture what that would feel like if I was make a VR experience of just that fight. But from the beast point of view, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I would not be into that uh, situation. <laughs> One moment uh, now that we're into spoilers that I was not sure I was on board with. But by the end, once we get to the twist. There's a scene in the final big fight um, outside of the hospital, which I thought was really cool. Um, there's somebody shoots David Dunn. No, shoots uh, Kevin. Kevin. And the way it pans across, so you see this prominent four-leaf clover tattoo. I'm like, uh-oh. And I don't then know what this is. is like, but, it, but it's clearly something. Mm-hmm. And then we see it on uh, Dr. Staples, who um, uh, uh, is the psychiatrist that's dealing with all of them. And it's there's a, it turns out there's this like secret organization that has been keeping this powered people under wraps um so that people so they just don't upset the balance of everything and it's like this could this be too much because it's all pretty grounded and then that happens you're like wait a second but it turns out it's a super it is its own superhero universe i and i like that because at first i was the same one because they keep asking throughout the movie why are we the only ones? And yeah. that's an important question that everyone's asking. It's like, are you serious that the only three people in this entire thing are just Samuel L. Jackson, old Bruce Willis, and James McAvoy? It's like, no, there's a bunch. My theory is every uh, character from an M. Night Shyamalan movie is a superhero, including the kid from The Sixth Sense, and they took him out. 
They took him out. They I know they did. Out. They 100% took him out. And now he's a ghost that can see ghosts. And now he's got to find someone to get back. Yeah, I'm seeing a Sixth Sense part two. I'm definitely, it's, it's, it's coming. It's set in the universe of glass. Yes. Yeah. It can happen. And Sarah, he, go, he haunts Sarah Paulson's character. There you go. There you go. She's still around. I wouldn't mind one more movie where it's like now that everyone's coming out, like coming, having their coming out party, being a superhero or villain or whatever. Can I see like a few options? Like you had the smart guy, strong guy, fast guy, whatever, and super thick skin guy. Anybody got lasers in their eyes? Like just can anybody fly? Uh, I'm sorry. Real quick. Do any of you have lasers in your eyes? <laughs> just raise your hand now. If like yeah. by accident that happened and you've repressed it, just one guy. There's got to be one person that like can breathe water. That one, the, well, the opposite of David, because he struggles with water. And I like that they yeah. explored what that came from. I like that idea where it's like, where, and maybe psychologically that happened, and that maybe spurned his, like, the, like, his powers manifesting, possibly. Yeah. That's a way you could go down one avenue. Yeah, my only real critique of this movie, and now that I remember the budget, it might have been a budget reason why that we didn't see more of this character. Um, I was a little bummed that, that David of the three gets kind of sidelined. Because uh, the big appeal is seeing him go up against the beast, and you do see that, but like, but you, I don't know. I wanted more of that dynamic, but it, this is like split. This is kind of more of a villain movie. Like this is it's called Glass. It's Elijah is actually the, theoretically the one that gets the win out of all of it, um, and yeah, and so it's a, in the main some of the it, it's kind of, again I compared it in our spoiler free review. It's like the Joker in the Dark Knight. It's like well, of course they kind of you got those actors playing those characters. One of them's playing 24 different characters. Yeah, of course they'd kind of take over the movie. Yeah, you can't... It's. Uh, it, I'll say that's my critique as well, minus some M. Night Shyamalan dialogue. Also the fact that it's like... Unbreakable came out when comic books are still... Comic book movies are still niche. And that's kind of why I didn't do well. Like if Unbreakable came out 2009, boom, perfect. Yeah. 2010, ooh, you're sitting pretty. It's weird. It feels like a response to movies that didn't come out till nine years later <laughs> yeah which whatever you yeah. know um but there's a lot of dialogue where it's like it's now you know it's now the variant issue where the heroes team up with the villain and there's a they change sides and it's like what <laughs> like yeah. what are you saying there's and it's that m night Shyamalan dialogue where it's like it's a heavy exposition like one line that like sarah paulson said it like because it's just straight up dumb it's just a dumb line she's like they're headed to the something building the colon the tallest building in the city we gotta get him or something like that it's when she described it like no one knew what the fuck anyone's <laughs> talking about this building has more advertising than most movies everybody in Philadelphia knows no, it's about what this, this building. building I don't I, know any buildings in Los Angeles but I if I lived in Philadelphia when they built this everyone knows and the line is the some the uh, Osaka building colon the tallest building we got it, M. Night. I did like, there was in one of those ads on the cover, it's like a marvelous achievement. I'm like, I dig it. I also like all the building up to, like, they're going to go fight this building and they never get there. And they were never supposed to get there. And I love that. Because mm-hmm. fuck he, that. That's not what this is about. This isn't about, are they going to have the big battle in the dome? T- and I wonder, it's weird that critics would expect this. You'd think this would be more of a general audience thing. But I wonder if there's that expectation, like, yeah, I want to see him get to the giant tower and have the big fist fight on the tower. Because it's like, that's not what any of these movies have ever been. Mm-hmm. Ever. Of course they don't make it to the tower. Did you actually think they were going to... Because I was, I was sitting there going like, 
they're not actually going to get to this tower, right? Because that's felt crazy. Like, it felt like he was losing it a little bit yeah. when they were saying that, even though, I'll be honest, kind of wanted it. I, d- I did. I, mean, I, did I wouldn't have hated it. it. I'm just not surprised they didn't get there. It did, but I and I could get why audience members would be un- upset no. or annoyed because it's like you teased them and then you didn't give them what they wanted. Also, now we're in spoilers. Everyone's dead. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, and that's dead. I wonder if that's another reason why it's divisive because it is a down. It's actually a downer ending. Like every everybody died. The, the main character of Unbreakable gets drowned in a puddle. Yeah. That's it. In a, in a parking lot. In yeah. a gross parking lot. He doesn't get to do anything. And he dies in front of his kid. Like, that's... Yeah. It's, it's it's tough. It's dark. And and they, our, our supporting ca- cast gets the opportunity to blow the lid off the whole thing. And hopefully there will be more heroes. And and, and again, now, now that I think about what I'm talking about, I do like the idea that, no, this is 100% a superhero world that just has been suppressed to be ours. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Uh, two other just critiques. Mm-hmm. I don't like that we went to a magical costume room and Mr. Glass came out with a monogrammed little lapel pin. I like the costume other than the monogram pin. It's like, that might be too much. And it was an iron shirt <laughs> that he got in a box after 19 years. Yeah. That thing has a, has a, like a smell to it. And... Um, that Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy's character is confusing. She's straight I've heard up saw... i other people talk about that. Let's go into that. She straight up saw this man that she can maybe understand emotionally like we were supposed to contemplate that, you know what, he might have good elements to him, but he's overall a bad guy. What we see in Glass is that she almost kind of forgives him fully for eating two girls in his class, in her class. She didn't like him. But he's a cannibal, and like that's and that's the part where it's kind of hard to get. Like he's strategically now hunting down women, like young girls in the city that he deems unworthy for whatever reason, and murdering them, eating them. Yeah, awful. And it, it, it don't. I didn't see enough of her uh, reconciling that or figuring out what, if she's okay. Maybe. Like, she wants to see him get better and can see that part of him, can see, like, how damaged he is. But in Glass, I don't, you don't get that. Maybe it's because I rewatched Split right before seeing this. And and because I get, I understand what you're saying. For me, it worked. I guess, one, because in some ways she's kind of an audience surrogate. So she likes the aspects of Kevin that I like and I feel bad for. But also, I think she connects with, she doesn't like the Beast or the Horde and what they're doing. But she connects with the damaged person underneath because she saw the videos of the personality. She knows what's going on with him. And so for me, it made sense that that she would have a connection with considering the stuff she's gone through, this other wounded person, and maybe trying to resolve that within herself. So it didn't for me, it didn't throw me off, even though I understand what you're getting at. I it I could see like in the last scene of Split, you see her, him come to the realization that she's broken. Yeah. And connect with her. He was still hunting her down like an animal. <laughs> so, like, it's... I can understand if you wrote this down and you made a chart of her emotional journey, yes, you could see where she'd end up. I felt like I didn't get enough of that to mm-hmm. understand. I like seeing David's son a lot more. I like mm-hmm. the same actor. I think I've seen him in stuff, too. Yeah, and he, he was, was in good. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He played uh, the Strucker kid. He did. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's been in a couple of superhero things. He That made me happy seeing him in this and also seeing them team up. Weird meme joke that lasted for a long time. Salt Bay, good for them being as timely <laughs> as they possibly could yeah. making this movie. But they, I was also surprised with this and Split how funny they are. Oh. Like some really good jokes. Oh, and my favorite M.I. Shyamalan there cameo. There you go. Because uh, he always makes the cameos and some are better than others. But they tie in his cameo, his cameo and Split 
is of course the same character he played in Unbreakable. Unbreakable, he's one of the people that David Dunn touches and perceives bad stuff. Like he's dealing, he's doing some drug shenanigans in the bathroom at the stadium. So he talks about so the, the security guy is at their security company. The security guy from Split, he runs security at the psychiatrist's home. That's at the, what it the, is. The, her, the building she lives in. Mm-hmm. He keeps track of the cameras, and they have a little fun. Uh, uh, very wordy exchange in that movie. Uh, yeah, and then uh, he's in this, and he talks about, yeah, you might have seen me at the stadium. I had a rough pass, and it's like that's insane. Yeah. He went through the legwork to connect the two characters. And one of the best jokes is like, I think I'm going to go for a walk. No, I don't think so. I think it's going to start raining. He's like, that's fine. I'll bring a coat, Dad. I don't think you should go on a walk yeah, right now. He's like, you... just let him go on a fucking walk. Yeah, yeah, let your dad go on a walk. Okay. <laughs> he's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> So that that was good. That was fun. And and again, it's mostly the performances of uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, James McAvoy. This is their movie. Uh, Sarah Paulson's great because she's always great. Um, so he, she genuinely made them doubt and made me doubt. Even though I know by the end they're going to fight in a parking lot, so it's like it's not. Yeah. But for a second, I was like, maybe they've just. It's like it's um. They manifested this. Like, it's, like, not real. It's just they they forced themselves. It's mama saving baby under the car. That kind of, that strength. And it's, like, maybe. And, like, it's just adrenaline that's, like, heightened just because of who they are. Yeah. I They got me. They actually got me. And I got to say, at the end of the day, when it gets down to what I would per se, say is the theme of this movie, which is the idea of, like, believing yourself and when when they talk about the idea of like allowing us to be superheroes it's like i because the idea of believing in yourself pushing yourself being better is 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 crazy the world's hard you know what i mean also fun thing i've been listening to a lot of podcasts about like they they the psychologists have been studying how different cultures kind of talk to themselves and like how we enforce things and it's like america really hates itself a lot like americans hate themselves a lot not hate it's that we don't like to let ourselves have fun a lot we don't like to let ourselves like want to father follow your dream what's every movie ever say don't do that <laughs> except for the end the one hero that's like gets to make it but for the rest of life everyone's kind of like don't do that and it's that's a repeated thing and that's kind that could be an interpretation of this ending where it's like hey maybe just cut yourself some slack yeah, a little allow bit allow yourself to be super and that idea elijah's goal to find personal meaning as messed up as it is and that's the other thing is i like that it's it is a positive message it's just uh, the delivery system is dark a lot finding purpose for yourself and and i i personally find that very meaningful um and allowing these characters to do that i i i found the journey that these three movies took me on to be personally meaningful for me so i joined them me too. Sorry, I was trying to yawn when you were talking and I ran out of time. Uh, I, and one more little prop to M. Night and the team. Um, I haven't cringed so hard in a movie since Hereditary when Elijah falls on his knees and you can hear all the bones breaking. Boy, that was, um, even when Kevin hit him twice, that was bad. Also, Kevin's whole, like, rev- the, the way the beast, like, uh, figures it out, how he internalizes, he's like, Thank you for making me so I can protect Kevin, but you're not okay to be around Kevin anymore. And it's like, weirdly, he's okay with what happened, even though he's not. I yeah. love that line, but him falling on just his knees, and you can just picture his kneecaps just breaking apart like glass. The other, oh, yes. it's the movie title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one that it didn't make me, because the, the payoff wasn't as brutal, but when flashback to young Elijah, when he gets in that whirly gig thing, you're like, <laughs> no, no, Elijah, don't do it. Don't and do that. Because he thinks he's so smart. He yeah. thinks he can do it. There's some things you cannot smart. 
He didn't learn. He didn't learn. He didn't learn. He did, though, somehow, based on computer knowledge from 2001, figure out how to stream a closed-circuit video to <laughs> the internet. Mm-hmm. To he's emails. He's a super genius. He is. That's when That's his power. confusing. Uh, and no one ever shook his wheelchair and heard all those pills <laughs> rattling around there. He, he would have broken there all his bones if he did that. Oh, the other one that got me is when that guy looks like he's going to drop the flashlight on his legs. Also, props to this movie, just going into all that, making you feel really bad for a character and then reminding you they're the bad guy. Because they show that flashback of Elijah and you're like, oh, poor Elijah. And then he slits a, a character's throat. That, and that one really got and me. And like, we like that guy. That guy's been nice to Elijah. He's a nice guy. And he slits his throat and you're like, yeah, bad guy. Um, I, I want to, but ending this episode, I just want to yes. say I'd recommend the movie, but it's small scale. That's what these movies are, and I, I can't reiterate this enough. Go into movies just blind. I, you're gonna have your expectations. What do I want for Avengers Endgame? I want to have a, a epic ending, but sticking the landing so fucking hard, and like this is a good example for a lot of people. Go in to these movies with little to no expectation and just try to enjoy yourself. That's at, mo- at most and point your compass towards enjoyment and you'll have a good time. I'd say 70% of the time. Amen to that. Thank you guys for joining us. If you want more about the podcast, go to onlystupidanswers.com. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, at onlystupidanswers. Yank out the vowels from stupid, but most importantly, patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers because that's how we keep the lights on in this place. Please and thank you. So please check that out. Let us know what you think of Super TV Showdown, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.